0: Hello and welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, a weekly podcast that takes a look at popular songs of the past and dives into their history, their meaning, or any other things that might be of interest surrounding those songs. My name is Claude Call, but I've forgiven my parents, so it's okay now, right? If you want to get in touch with me, probably the best way is to find me on Twitter at HowGoodItIsPod, or you can leave a comment on the website, HowGoodItIs.com where you can find some additional trivia, some follow-ups, and other stuff that I found interesting. And don't forget to check out and follow the show's Facebook page, which is where the action is. It is over at facebook.com slash. Ow, how good it is, pod. All right, I haven't done this in a while, so how about some trivia, okay? Can you tell me what the following songs have in common? And we're going to start with Help me Rhonda by the Beach Boys. Well, you down, in my head. I come in and from Help Me Rhonda we move on to Happy by the Rolling Stones. Next up on our list is December 1963 by The Four Seasons. Oh, what a night. Late December, and the next one we have is Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel. Finally, we have Take It to the Limit by The Eagles. I I was thinking woman I never knew. Okay, so what do those songs have in common? You need one more? Okay. How about this one from The Beatles? With a little help from my friends. Okay, so what do those songs have in common? Once again, Help Me Rhonda by The Beach Boys, Happy by The Rolling Stones, December 1963 by The Four Seasons, Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel, Take It to the Limit by The Eagles, and finally, with a little help from my friends, From The Beatles. Okay, we'll do the answer for that at the end of the show so this week i was going to share some more cover songs with you but i'm pushing that back to next time because some sad news came in early this week when we got the word that edwin hawkins has died at the age of 74 of pancreatic cancer this came as a little bit of a surprise to me i guess because i somehow thought he was older than that for some reason it didn't occur to me that the person responsible for the song oh happy day was in his mid-20s at the time Hawkins was working with the Northern California State Youth Choir in the mid-1960s and in 1967 they decided they'd like to do a fundraiser to finance a trip for a gospel competition so they hit on the idea of making a record album they could sell locally. They never expected to press more than about 500 copies of this album. The album was called Let Us Go Into the House of the Lord, and according to an interview Hawkins did with the Modesto B about 10 years ago, it was recorded on a little two-track machine that he'd gotten from a friend. Now remember, the recording standard at that time was eight tracks, which compared to today is still practically nothing, but two versus eight, that's a big difference back in 1967. The recording was done at the Ephesian Church of God in Christ in Berkeley. Now, it gets credit for keeping the instruments, which are just a piano, a set of drums, and a bass, kind of muted. But the fact is, what we have here is a gospel garage band. And it's underscored by the fact that the lead singer, Dorothy Combs Morrison, is almost entirely in the left channel when you listen in stereo. Now, of course, I've told you before, this podcast is in mono, so you're not going to be able to tell that here, but listen to a stereo recording and suddenly you realize Dorothy Morrison is all the way over on the left side. And listen again, remember what I said, two tracks recorded basically with no idea that they were going to release this as... A national single so so listen again to the overall quality of that of that sound at the beginning of the record it basically sounds like it was recorded on a cheap recorder and that's because it was so dorothy morrison she uh, later released a solo album but in addition to this song, she's mostly known as a backup singer, having appeared on albums by Chicago, Simon and Garfunkel, and Boss Kaggs. So a year or so later, after they made this recording, uh, San Francisco disc jockey Abe Kesh was hosting the show Lights Out San Francisco on rock station KSAN, KSAN. He got a copy of the album from the rock promotion director on, uh, at a record distributor in Oakland, a fellow named John Lingle. Lingle thought that there was some hit potential in Oh Happy Day, and the reaction when Kesh played the record confirmed his suspicions. Based solely on the listener's reaction to K-San's adding the song, several labels called Hawkins offering to distribute the record, and based on some advice that he received from the owner of a local gospel music store, he chose Buddha Records. But it wasn't all bread and wine for the group. The church, like many others at the time, frowned upon this activity because it was secular, and they asked that the name of the group be removed from the record. Buddha Records responded by changing the name of the group to The Edwin Hawkins Singers, and offered them not only a contract, but a $50,000 advance, and Oh! Happy Day began its climb to the number four position on the Billboard charts in May of 1969, and a top ten song internationally. In the end, over seven million copies of the song sold, and the group won the Grammy Award for Best Soul Gospel Performance. And let me tell you, so I was talking with a friend of mine from work today about this song, and she's very active in her church, and her church group went to uh, went to Europe recently, and it's specifically Germany, and she said, they love this song. She was like, she heard me playing it, and, and because I was, you know, just kind of listening in for any other notes that I could take, and she's like, they love this song in Germany. She just volunteered that out, outright. So, Oh Happy Day is about as popular as, um, as, as David Hasselhoff, I guess. Happy day. Incidentally, uh, Dorothy Morrison has said that she ad-libbed some of the lyrics, but there were some parts that she wrote down on her hands. So during the recording, she was putting up her hands with her palms facing her, and while everyone thought she was feeling the spirit, she was actually reading the lyrics that she'd written on herself. But the Edwin Hawkins singers are not a one-hit wonder, no sir. Not long after Oh Happy Day left the pop charts, during the summer, a relatively obscure young singer named Melanie Safka was invited to perform at a music festival after she showed up unexpectedly. At that point, she was obscure enough that she had difficulty getting into the backstage area at that festival. So now imagine this, you're a performer who's used to playing small crowds to cafes, to coffee houses and such. You're not even on the roster of performers, but you get up on that stage and you see a small city's worth of people who are non-judgmental and supportive despite the fact that they've just been exposed to some torrential rain. And now as it's getting darker, the gentle slopes upon which the audience is sitting is starting to light up with thousands of candles. Well, Melanie was so moved by her experience at Woodstock that she immediately began composing. And early in the composing process, she envisioned a large number of voices accompanying her with the chorus. She actually took the song to the congregation where the Edwin Hawkins singers played and played it for their benefit. And they decided that its content was sufficiently spiritual for them, so they agreed to perform on her recording. According to his obituary in the New York Times this week, Hawkins was sometimes criticized by gospel purists for sounding too commercial and for unleashing a trend that has only led to more intermingling of styles, like gospel rap. In a 1991 interview with USA Today, he responded to those complaints. He said, some of it sounds very worldly, and, and he acknowledged that of his music and what had come after. But he also said, if the lyrics speak about the Lord, it's still gospel. Rest in peace, Edwin Hawkins. And now for the answer to the trivia question. I had asked earlier what these songs have in common. Help Me Rhonda by The Beach Boys, Happy by The Rolling Stones, December 1963 by The Four Seasons, Bridge Over Troubled Water by Simon and Garfunkel, Take It to the Limit by The Eagles, and With a Little Help from My Friends by The Beatles. The answer is, they're each sung by someone who isn't considered the lead singer of the band. Help Me Rhonda is sung by Al Jardine rather than Mike Love or Brian Wilson. Well, you down, I've been Happy has Keith Richards singing lead instead of Mick Jagger. I know it's tough to tell it's Keith because he's kind of buried in the mix but that's him with December 1963 it's J- drummer Jerry Poulsey singing lead although you do hear Frankie Valley in the bridge over troubled water is almost entirely Art Garfunkel until the last verse. Make It to the Limit is sung by Randy Meisner rather than Don Henley or Glenn Fry. And of course, with a little help from my friends, is led by Ringo Starr rather than any of the other Beatles. It for this edition of How Good It Is. If you want to get in touch with me, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com, or you can follow me on Twitter at howgooditispod. You can also check out and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash how Or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where I throw in a few extra bits for you. Next time around, we're going to discover how good it is to get back under the covers. I promise we're going to do it this time. Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you then.